Experience worship. True worship. Experience the word. Bringing you wholeness. Experience the warmth of fellowship. Experience wholeness at Lighthouse. Join us every Sunday and Wednesday at the Lighthouse. House 7, Plot 2 Stroke 3, Kudratabiola Way, Oregon, Ikeja, Lagos. Visit our website at www.lighthousenergy.org or contact us at info at lighthousenergy.org. The Lighthouse, lighting your pathway to destiny. Psalm 90, as we continue our series, so all through this month, we, we title this Biblical Economics or Biblical Prosperity, as it were. So you either use the word economics or prosperity. Number one thing is that God has an economy. God is a king. So, has a kingdom. So, Whenever there is a king, there is a domain. There is a sphere of influence. God's thoughts is not like ours. So biblical prosperity or biblical economics has to do with the thoughts of God concerning that subject matter. So he said, your ways are not my ways. Isaiah 55 emphasized, your thoughts are not my thoughts. Said, as the heavens is higher from the heart, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. So when we talk about this subject, we are looking at the thoughts of God. We are looking at the ways of God. So in Psalm 90, the Bible talks about this. It has been a scripture that has blessed me for years. If you read the first two verses, it says, Lord, you have been a dwelling place in all generations. It said, before the mountains were brought forth, forever you had formed the heart and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You know, if we can just do a shift in our mindset concerning those two scriptures, before your family came into being, it has been God. Before your business started, it has been God. Before the nation of Nigeria started, God has been God. So he said, from everlasting to everlasting, he is God. And the same thought, Moses further expressed in prayer in verse 14. He said, oh, satisfy us early with your mercy. So it was like, oh, he is God. But life does happen. It happens in our family, happens in our career, happens in our businesses. But he says, there is a longing that happens. He says, satisfy us with your mercy. He said that we may rejoice and be glad in all our own days. 
So from everlasting is God. But he has given us life and he has apportioned things within that life for us to be able to acknowledge him in all that we do. So he said that we may rejoice and be glad in our own days. He says, make us glad according to the days in which you have afflicted us. I'm sure that when you, we start talking about Nigeria, we will see things that are done in the public space that is affecting people as we speak. It's affecting families. It's affecting our businesses. So, but he says, when we look to the mercy of God, when we look to God who, is the, who has been before the mountains and the hill were, he will satisfy us with his mercy. Said the years in which we have seen evil. Verse 16 resolved it for me. He said, Let your walk. So, in the midst of the affliction, in the midst of the evil, he said, The work of God will appear to his servants in his own kingdom. And he said, His glory. The glory of God means the word of God. The glory of God means the impact of his or the influence of his power in his kingdom. The glory of God talks about kavod, which means covering of God. So when God satisfies you with his mercy, he's covering your life. And whatever you do, you prosper. Because he has poured himself upon you, his glory cover you. He said, let the beauty of the Lord, our God, be upon us, and establish the works of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. So we have come to that month where we will emphasize things about biblical economy. God has an economy and he operates it. His indices are not demand and supply because he says to you and I, he will supply every of your need. So you have a need for a business idea, he's able to supply. You have a need for financial resources to execute that idea, he's able to supply. You have a need for wisdom to be able to put structure, to be able to run that business, he is able to supply that. In Psalm, not Psalm, Proverbs 6, 2, or 2, 6, 2, 6, please. He said, for the Lord God is wisdom. And from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. In James chapter 1, it says, If any one of us lacks wisdom, let him ask from God, Who gives liberally? He does not withhold. He said, But let him ask in faith. Because God doesn't deal with unbelief. So God has a kingdom. He's a king and he rules over a domain. As we start this out, Please understand, I, I love what Minister Kenny said. This is not all about information. Information is not the end product of our work with God. It is for us to experience the revelation of his will. So each time you study, each time you pray, expect that God will reveal his mind to you. And that's the starting point. There are a thousand and one messages that we all hear every year, every week. You hear it in church. You hear it on TV. You hear it from your loved preachers. 
you have different perspectives to the same subject, but it's not just the hearers of the word only, but it says it's the doer of this work. So, hearing the word, engaging the word, applying it to your life is work. And it is when we learn to do that that we are blessed in our deeds. Can I have an amen this morning? So, the end point of this teaching is not to just supply us with another information. No. It's for us to begin to trade in revelation. What is the mind of God concerning his economy? What is the mind of God? In number one scripture that I want to quote this morning, I've quoted some, okay. Turn John 2. Turn John 2. I want us to read that scripture together. One, two, three, go. So, biblical prosperity is more than money. Because a lot of the times, uh, we have just, when people hear the word prosper, as human beings, where our mind goes to is only in the realm of finances. And it's okay. But biblical prosperity is more than money. You can have money and still be poor. So, biblical prosperity from our Wednesday's teaching means spiritual well-being. That's the first place. Secondly, physical health. Thirdly, material or financial blessing. It's a composite. It goes together. So, if I am prosperous, it means I have spiritual well-being. And if I have spiritual well-being, I'm able to utilize the resources of heaven and live a healthy life. And then live a financial or material blessing because I have created value. Can I have an amen this morning? So, biblical prosperity is not money thing. It's not just a money thing. But essentially a heart matter. If I am prosperous spiritually, I will be prosperous in my soul. And then I will be prosperous in the material blessing. So, money can give an individual temporary prosperity because it's just one aspect. But when people's art is consumed or taken over with money, they can have money, yet they don't have health. They can have money, they don't have a family. I read the story of a very wealthy man who traveled on vacation with his wife. And who just stepped out to go, he answered, he, there was a call placed to him, and then he went, he realized that some of his business partners were in that city at that moment. So he just stepped out of the hotel to go meet them. It was right hours later that he placed a call to his wife. I am in so-so-so country. Can we meet back home? Just pack your things and we meet at home. Because from here, I will go to another place. It was just a matter of time. That man divorced. 
I won't dispose the name of that man. I won't dispose. You know the man if you are so conversant with business. He doesn't have a wife in his household today, but that was the story. He has money. He had money, or he still has money. But he doesn't have a family. He cannot live with a woman. That's not prosperity. He cannot live with kids. That's not prosperity. That's not prosperity. But biblical prosperity affects the area of our life first. And that's why Jesus emphasizes it. Seek ye first your spiritual well-being. Money is not good, nor is neither good nor evil. It just takes the character of the person who owns it. So money can have an individual. What is poverty? It's to lack or live in deficit. To lack. So some people lack joy. They lack peace. They lack fulfillment. Some people lack contentment. So there is no hand as to how they acquire. They acquire money anyhow. With any means. But the Bible talks about, which is where I'm ending my message today, godliness with contentment is a great gain. It's a great gain. It's a great gain. I said something on Wednesday, and that's the reality of life. You didn't decide when you were born. You didn't decide the name that you were given. Somebody decided your name is. Just like somebody is going to decide your barrier. You can write things down, but people can change it. You didn't decide how you want to be born, so you are not going to decide how you want to be buried. We brought nothing into this world, and surely we will live with nothing. You didn't decide the hospital to be born. What that does for us is to understand the meaning of contentment. What that does for us is to understand how to manage time. What that does for us is to live our lives in contentment and fulfillment. What that does for us is to define when do I, when, what does contentment mean to me? What does success mean to me? And you will find out from my test this morning, your success is defined by God. It's not defined by our environment because life with God is lived inside out. If you are living life outside him, it means you will be full of competition. You are likely going to, whatever you acquire, you are likely going to be longing for what you do not have. At the expense of what you have already have. So prosperity means, I said, poverty means lack or live in deficit. When someone lack or is living in deficit, prosperity, however, means keeping well, fully supplied, thoroughly furnished. That's what prosperity is. Keeping well, a sound mind is what makes a sound decision in business. A sound mind is what makes a sound decision in the family. A sound mind is what makes a sound decision in the larger society. So prosperity means to keep well, to be fully supplied, to be thoroughly furnished, 
So the renewal of our minds will determine the level of prosperity that comes to us. The renewal of our minds. So the level of prosperity in our body, in our health, in our social capital, in, in, the, in the way we acquire money or material things. So that's why he says, I wish above all things. I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health. Can you see the combination? Even as your soul prosper, only God gives that. Only God gives that. Only God gives that. In Psalm 24, verse 1, talking about this God, says the heart is ease. When we understand this, you and I understand it, we know that business in your hand, that idea, if it's by him, it cannot die. He said the heart is his and the fullness, the world, and those who dwell in it. Every marketer should understand that. You can comfort your customers, the one you will serve. He said, see thou a man who is diligent in his work. He will not stand before mere men. He will serve kings. He will serve kings. Can I have an amen this morning? So, faith begins where the will of God is known. So, you can exercise your faith that God has an economy, God has a kingdom, I can believe I am in his kingdom, I can believe for things in his kingdom, and I can see it manifesting. My life can be a blessing, not just to myself, not just to my family, but to my society at large. So, renew our mind is the key in biblical prosperity or biblical economics. Our minds, it has to be renewed. It has to be renewed. I mean, I, I mean, you begin, we started reading things. How can someone who ruled a state for eight years goes away with 40 cars? It's poverty. There's no way if that person has done well as an ex-governor, there are enough provisions that that man won't suffer for the rest of his life. That's the way our polity has been designed. If that man has done well, I mean, I have social capital here. I don't think I am evil. If I knock on your door, I'm not asking you to pluck your eyes for me. I'm asking you, I have this value to deliver. You will open your heart to me. Yes or no? But I will still not abuse that social capital. Can I have an amen this morning? You know, it, it's crazy. In a state where people are living in poverty, how, what courage do you even have to drive that convoy through that state? In a state where they have refused to pay the minimum wage. You have furniture allowance, you have school fees, you have housing, you don't fuel the car. Hey, people are crazy around here. But I'm just saying that that is the human nature. That is selfishness. So our mind must be renewed. We are not in this kingdom to show. If you are in this kingdom to show, you are carnal. You are body ruled. Godliness with contentment is a great gain. 
So, as believer, I'm not trying to impress anybody. Because we are trying to impress people who are never impressed. We are trying to belong. Sometimes that's the way it is. People want to belong. Hey, he said, come ye out of the world and be ye separate. I can dictate trend in fashion if I want to. I, I don't have to dress like somebody else. I can define my style and people begin to copy me. You see, that shift will help us to be able to do things in different spheres of life. My clinic is not like any other clinic in Lagos. And you can work with that. And then the spirit of excellence show forth in all that you do. And it will people can travel just because, and then they get into certain space. Is Dr. Susu around? And they said he's not around. When is he coming in or she's coming in? They want to wait for you. There is something about you that God has helped you to define that makes a world of difference. There's a way you can cut through in CS procedure that women will look out for you. I'm just saying this because I'm beginning to see that the redefinition of what God is going to do with Africa, God's hand is resting upon individuals in glands that he has planted them. And he wants to showcase them as the light and the salt of our world. It's not for show. It's for the advancement of his kingdom. Let your kingdom come. Jesus taught us to pray. And let your will be established here on the heart. Can I have an amen this morning? So, renew our mind is the key in biblical prosperity or biblical economies. Please understand, me and you should understand this. Our redemption wasn't free. It wasn't cheap. It costs the Son of God to ensure this. That's why he says in 2 Corinthians 8, 9, For you know the grace. So, there is a grace that has been bestowed upon you and I. Is the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. So in this kingdom, that is where we operate from. That is what we operate with. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. That you through his poverty may become rich. Please understand that scripture. I will use a story of a young man that just passed last month. I know the young man. So I was asking his pastor yesterday that I heard that this man has passed. He said, yes, he died in America while watching TV, just slumped and died. But this is the story of that young man. He paid me. But I see that many people in the kingdom who don't understand how God's lifting his eye, they, they can lose their life that way. He used to stay Okay, assuming that this was his church, he used to stay in just one room within that church compound. God helped him. When I say God helped him, God helped him. And he, he got married into one room of the church. So, business boomed. 
Of course, you know when character doesn't match blessing, you know that that is a disaster. So that wife became a witch. So for the new status, he divorced. No, he didn't even divorce. He just packed out. He packed from mainland into Lekki. Big boy. He drives a range. Big boy. So that wife doesn't fit the new status. So he moved in into, with another lady. And then all of a sudden, started misbehaving. When I said misbehaving, misbehaving. There was a day he gave his pastor a check. Said, oh, no, he told his pastor, he said, um, can't be traveling across the. Uh, I'm not saying, I'm just explaining how, I don't know what he does in business, but I mean, how he relates with other people in business. Well, I'm just giving you this story. So he said he can't be traveling across the, uh, the water every Sunday and all that. Um, whatever he can do to help the pastor and all that. So he brought out a check. I gave it to the pastor. The pastor opened it. He saw the check. It's a million. And gave back him back his check. He said, no, but I know the church has a need. He said, no. God's need will not be met with this kind of attitude. So he told the pastor that he has become proud. You know, somebody who is proud, we never know that he is proud. There's other people that are proud. He's proud. So he went on like that. Anyway, long story cut short. One way or the other, he called. Because, you see, you know where to go when the chips are down. So he has kept that whenever he calls that pastor. And that one we pray and encourage him. So all of a sudden, he just, the pastor just received a call from the state that he has relocated. He has dissolved his business here and that uh, the ministry has moved to the United States. Of course, he was hoeing many people here. You understand the thing. Um, the kind of business that he does, people were after him. So he went. He went there. I mean, that thing wasn't seen. He moved in with a woman to get American papers. He divorced that one, moved in with another woman. So four women. Kids are involved. He was watching TV. Unfortunately, they just, it just slumped. Nobody knew. Of course, we can explain maybe heart attack and all that. But I suspect that he couldn't cope with life anymore. He lost hope. He lost hope. He lost hope. See, brother, sister, it doesn't cost God to prosper any one of us. It doesn't cost God to open up the treasures of riches to us. But we have to match it with our character. Our spiritual well-being is the foundation for material or financial prosperity. If your heart, my heart is not proven and we cannot manage the increase, we are going to get into trouble. We are going to get into trouble. And if there is anything the church has done, we swung to that extreme. So we have a bunch of believers who really, really do not acknowledge God as their source. I need my business to prosper. That's when they know to pray. 
So their prayer is not out of a personal relationship. I need things. That's when they pray. I want this. That's when they pray. But you see, life in the kingdom is based on personal relationship. Job had things, but fear came in. And because of fear, he lost everything. But hey, God was committed because his heart was open to God all along. God restored things. Job made a statement. He said, I have heard of you by hearing of my ear. He said, but now I see you. So you have to know God for yourself. You have to know him. He is the author and the finisher of your faith. You have to know him where you acknowledge him in all your way, not in some of your way. The unfortunate thing is that when things were not working the way it was working, that guy joined the court. And there are many of our brethren joining court as alternative option B today. No, God is enough. God is more than enough. God is enough. God is more than enough. Whatever God cannot do for you, don't aspire it. Don't. Don't. There is a way that seems right to a man, but the hand of death thereof are the ways of death. Godliness with contentment is a great gain. Does God want us not to be rich? No, he wants us to be rich. As a matter of fact, his word says, he delights his heart when you and I prosper. Can I have an amen this morning? So let me just throw out some principles to us. There are scriptural principles. This morning, as I tidy this introduction, as we go into the month, we will emphasize other areas. Praise God. So the blessing is a reversal of cause. What is the cause? Supernatural force that limits. So what is the, the blessing? The reversal of that cause. And how did that happen? 2 Corinthians 8, 9. 2 Corinthians 9, 8. Galatians chapter two, 3, verses 13 and 14. That was what Jesus did for us. He did it for us. He did it for us. 2 Corinthians 8, 9. 2 Corinthians 9, 8. Galatians 3, 13 and 14. We have to meditate on it so that it can help us to develop a new perspective. A new perspective. There is one scripture. I can't remember the exact place it is. He said the whole habitation of the heart is full of purity or quality. Yeah. It's not my modern native language. So we are all learning it. And I'm, I'm sure that I'm not doing badly. Even if you think so. Well, at least I don't, I don't say shush. Praise God. I said, praise the Lord. Uh, so, modern, modern land intonation is not. Eh? Uh, 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 mother tongue interference. So, so, praise God. So, to be rich, like I said, it means to be fully supplied. We are well, whole, spiritual well being, physical well being, financial or material well being. It means we are full of wisdom, we are delivered. We are healed, we are whole, we are prospering, we are reproducing. 
We are reproducing. We are reproducing. So let's look at the New Testament principles concerning prosperity, money, and wealth. I have seven here. If I can finish it, that would be very good. So that goes on something. Please understand, the entire Bible is written for us. But the New Testament is written to us. The entire Bible, old, silent here, is written for us. We can learn. We can see in different dispensations how God dealt with people. But the New Testament, basically the epistles, when we say the epistles, we're talking about Galatians from Galatians, here, Galatians, Philippians, Colossians, First Thessalonians. Um, we're, we're just talking about that. What is the Bible saying to us? Because for us who are the New Testament believer, that is where we live. The Old Testament is a shadow. It's written to us that God has dealt with people. And that's why the fact that he has dealt with people, none of them were able to meet him in that space that he has designed us to be in Genesis 1 and 2. So Jesus came as a completer and then he brought in the New Testament where you and I don't need any intermediary. We can have a one-on-one -on -one relationship with God. We can hear his voice. We can hear his leading. We can operate in the fullness of what Jesus did for us on the cross. Can I have an amen this morning? So that's why he's an epistle reaching to us. It's like God speaking to you and I personally so that when we do the word, we can see the the, the, the result, we can see, we can have a progressive walk with the Lord. When we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, what a glorious is shared on our ways. Can I have an amen? amen. Can I have an amen? amen? I mean, a pastor did something some years back. We called a meeting in church and people came and he drew a circle. Drew a circle. Say, how many of you trust the Lord? Everybody stand, we're up. How many of you believe that the New Testament is true? Every hand was up. So he drew the circle. And then he pulled out his shirt. And stood in the middle of the circle. Say, if you can do likewise, join me in this circle. So everybody was coming. I said, hold it. If you have alternative things in your body, don't come into this circle, otherwise they carry your dead body out of it. And the population reduced drastically. Some people have things around their waist, some people have things under their shirt, some people have, what do you have? So they have one for protection. They have one for favor. You know, these are things that you see. It's raining now. Some people believe if they stand under this rain, blessings come upon them. You catch pneumonia. That thing that I've just said now is a money spinner. But the truth is that there is nowhere in the New Testament which is written to us that says when it is rainy 
and you start out, and then you start to pray, and those things will fall upon you. If those things will fall upon you and you are not walking, So what are those principles? Number one, all things come from God and nothing we have or give that doesn't originate from him. Now that thing, it must stick. It sticks in my head all the time. And if we can do all that we do, uh, is the anointing that is working fine. We know what is anointing, supernatural ennoblement. But we must never get to the point. I read it. From everlasting to everlasting is God. In Psalm 50, he said something. He said, all the beasts. I was explaining that on Wednesday. All the beasts. Eh? Can we go Psalm 50? Um, what verse is that? Let me just quickly explain it to someone. Psalm 50. He said, all the beasts of the forest is mine. He said, if I were hungry, I will not call you. Thank you. Let me open it. I drink out of it. Uh, let's go to verse 10. He said, for every beast of the forest is mine. And I said a simple thing. Every beast. I said, let's just start from the class of hands. How many species of hands do you know? Let's go to the reptiles. Let's go to um, the cats. Oh, I, don't, I don't like cats. So... <laughs> The cards. Let's go to all the things you can talk about that I even we have even domesticated. So, and he now says all the beasts, hyenas, gorillas, giraffe, elephant, lion. He said all of it are mine. So, how worthy is this God? Is a question. He said, and a the cattle on a thousand hills. So I said something. Let's even assume it's physical 1,000 hills. How many cattle on each of those hills? Let's read 11 and 12. Can you see? I know. I don't know how many you know. But God says, I know. Oh, you know, see, when we have this thing stored, there is no season in business when things are not working. If you can just recall this scripture, it comes in. It is when we still know or we feel we can sort things out on our own. That's when we rob ourselves of that treasure. He said, I know all the boards of the mountains, Nikonyeko. Lekeleke, you know what they call Lekeleke. All these ones that you see, all those ones, they are just ones that they, but these ones are boats of the mountains. The jackass, or what are those ones? Eagles, all those class. He said, I know them. And then the white beasts of the feet are mine. Verse 12, fall my hands any day. He said, if I were hungry, I would not even tell you. For the word is mine and all its fullness. So that takes us to that. All things come from God. And nothing we have or give or hold that does not originate from him. In Romans chapter 11 verses 33 to 
I think 34 or 5. Can we read it? Romans 11, 33. 33. Okay. He said, All the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgment, his way past finding out. Verse 34. For who has known the mind of the Lord? Who has become his counselor? The next verse, if there is still a verse. Of who has first given to him and it shall be repaid to him. There is nothing. We have nothing we own that doesn't originate. So when we acknowledge that, so there is also nothing he can give us. That's the implication of it. You need favor, fully supplied. You need peace, fully supplied. You need wisdom to navigate on projects that you have never handled before, fully supplied. So when we acknowledge that, he opens up his good treasure unto us. Can I have an amen this morning? Secondly, believers can operate in the grace of giving. So, if everything belongs to God, and the Bible is saying that he's just looking for one man whose heart is perfect towards him, it means you and I can operate in the grace for giving. It's in potential form right now. But when we choose to acknowledge him in all our way, we trust him with all of our heart, we are, it means you and I have become candidates to be used by God in varying dimension. In Romans chapter 12, verses 3 to 8, it talks about that. Romans chapter 12, verses 3 to 8, it talks about grace being given. And it listed out this grace. And one of the verses, I think verse 7, it said there is grace for liberality. Grace for liberality. Grace for liberality. So, if you have that grace or you desire that grace, it is possible. It is possible. It is possible. And then in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, Paul explained this verses 1 to 5. He explained that grace. He was talking about the church in Macedonia. He said not even because they have in abundance, but that grace was operational. It's a grace for liberality. It operated through them. In their great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy, their deep poverty, they still abandoned in the riches of their liberality. I've often said it because Jesus gave us that provision. He, he sat over the treasury one day. He saw those who are giving. And it's, the Bible says, recorded the woman who made history. They said that they were looking at that woman. Jesus called his disciples. He said, this woman gave out of our deepest needs. She gave. She gave. There, is a, there was a businessman, a businesswoman in the, in the hearts of the apostle named Lydia, the seller of purple. You know, these people, they, they operated in that grace. They said, whose heart was open to the Lord? He gave. She gave. So, believers can operate in that grace. Thirdly, Believers should be found diligent in their business. That's the biblical economic principle of God. We must be diligent. We must be diligent in our businesses so we can meet our financial obligations without fail. We must. We must. I don't believe, and I, because it's not, also not scriptural, I don't believe in 24 hours miracle money. I don't believe it. It's not scriptural. God is a God of process. 
you might have seen people who, who preach that. And probably it happens. And then they take it and it has become a doctrine everywhere. It is not scriptural. Where that happened, there was a specific situation in the Old Testament. People have suffered for long. And the prophet came because they were looking for divine intervention. And after they have sought the face of the Lord, the prophet made the declaration, by this time tomorrow, by this time tomorrow, and then the minister for the economy, the minister of finance, he said, no, that can never happen. If God opened the windows of heaven, it can never, by the reason of the law of supply and demand, and the basic index of GMP and GDP, this can never happen for 24 hours economy to turn around. That was the only instance. And because it's one instance in the Bible, it does also not now mean that every instance, that is what God will do. No. Be diligent. Be diligent. You have a career. Be diligent. You have a work. Be diligent. God operates the law of increase. That's what we operate. That is the thing we can take. No matter how anointed a man is or a woman is, when a woman receives the seed, it takes nine months. No matter the prophetic word, when a woman receives the seed, it, that child cannot come early. If, she, if he or she comes early, she becomes a source of concern. They put that child in incubator. They take extra care. In fact, the mother may not see that child until a certain time because they don't want any infection. I don't think you and I want, for now, miracles that fades away with time. So be diligent. Romans 12, 11, it says, not slothful in business. Fervent in the spirit. Serving the law. That's his principle. We read it as test, Psalm 90, 16 and 17. He said the beauty. He said let the beauty of the law. So there is the work of a hand. And God's beauty comes upon it. In 2 Thessalonians, I'm watching now, verse 7. From verse 7. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, from verse 7 all through to 14. You can read it. He said, for you yourself know how you ought to follow us. For we were not disorderly among you. Nor did we eat anyone's bread free of charge. Have I eaten your bread free of charge here? No, that's the New Testament thing. He said, but walk with, uh, with labor and toil night and day that we might not be a burden to any of you. No, because we do, not because we do not have authority. I can ask you to sow seed every Sunday and coin it with one scripture, one dangerous scripture that you can't resist me. I can ask you to sow seed into this week. Sow seed for your firstborn. Sow seed of favor this week. The rain is falling outside now. If you want the favor of God, everybody come out now. I can do all those things. But we make ourselves example. And I'm sure that there are many people in this city like that. There are many ministers in, this, in the body of Christ that are like that. Let's read. We are going to 14, now 13 of us. For even when we were with you, we commanded you this. If anyone will not walk. That's the New Testament. He <laughs> said, neither shall he read. Neither. 
Let's read. It says, for we hear that there are some. So, what is what? That's a that there are some who walk among you in a disorderly manner. I met, before I borrow myself brain, I met quite people like that as a pastor. They know scripture. They can even tell you Greek. I used to be a young man like that. I mean, in, in, a, in, a, in a church. So after Wednesday service, he will come to us, minister, say, oh, man of God, uh, as your brother is now, there is no transport money home. See, fear, home. And then he will say, he will collect, collect, collect. One of my colleagues, that one, he get brain. He get brain till this morning. So one day he walk up to that one. That one says, be careful. You are walking disorderly. <laughs> so I was a few meters away. He just turned and said, ah, this is Pastor Ayo. He just walked up to me. I said, Pastor, I just want to disturb him. I just pull out my wallet, empty it. So he went back to my colleague. He said, see, you are a stingy man. This is what the world has produced for me. <laughs> Over time, we now got that. That was it. So at the end of the day, everybody is giving. And he has more money than any of us who are giving. So disorderly manner. Not working at all. There are people who are busy bodies. They know when you are cooking. That's when they do visitation. <laughs> so he said, now, those who are such, we command and exhort you through our Lord Jesus Christ that they walk in quietness and eat their own bread. So, the Bible recommends strong work ethics. Number four, believers have a duty to minister consistently to those who have blessed them spiritually. You have a duty. Galatians 6, 6 talked about that. Because I don't talk about it doesn't mean that it is not what you need to do. You have a duty to minister to everyone who bless you spiritually. It's a biblical prosperity principle. You have a duty. Galatians 6 6. Galatians 6 6. So, ministers, they have the right to be supported by their work in ministry. He said, Let him who is taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. So, because I don't, and I know that that's one of the reasons why people come up with this all kinds of seed. I mean, somebody said something one day. We were, we were in a space, and he was preaching. He said, the Bible says, he who go forth weeping, shall doubtless return, bearing fruit. He said, even if they are crying, collect it from them. <laughs> I turned to my friend. I said, it's time to go home. <laughs> he said, because it is written. So, I know sometimes, that's, that's how people get into desperation. I've been at wedding where people collect nine offerings. Yeah. And for sake of whatever it is, church members are also wise. So today I'm giving 100 naira. 
So, ultimate pay five times, ni. Atiba in Shesi 2020, 2020. So, bring your me, I drop 20. But what am I saying? I'm coming back to that point. Please, believers, you have a duty to consistently. Let me say something to you so that you can understand how it began in the Old Testament. For the Levites, they have no lands allotted to them. God says it's their own portion. But the people who were allotted land to, they were requested to go till the land. And out of their abundance, they ministered to the Levites. So it's a scriptural principle. I was saying on Wednesday, I met, it, I met somebody, one of those people who writes things on Facebook and all that, and he was talking and all that. I just asked a simple question. I said, how old are you? And she mentioned his age. I said, before they born you, I've been paying tight. I said, it's not this thing that you do on Facebook that will stop me. I was a student in Unilag, 10 era allowance. I've been paying tight since that time. I said, whatever you want to write, whatever apocalypses that you are just running with is none of my business. I said, but hey, this thing, hmm? I know people who have tried this part before. They become stranded in life. I said, yeah, I need brain. You can't go against the word of God. You may not be practicing it. That's it. When your faith carries it, start to practice it. But for you to be attacking what is written in the scripture is not scriptural. You become stranded in life. So, 1 Corinthians 9, verses 4 to 15. Paul, 9 to 15, talks about it. Do we have no right to drink, to eat and drink? Let's read. Do we have no right to take along a believing wife? We have, I have one. I can't do Paul. <coughs> so, he said, is it only Barnabas who have a right to refrain from walking? So, whoever goes to war at his own expense, who plants a vineyard and does not, doesn't they eat the fruit thereof, or doesn't they tend the flock, and does not drink the milk of the flock? Do I say this thing as a mere man, or does not the law say the same thing? For it is written in the law, you shall not mock zoo and ox while he tread out the grave. I can't be laboring in the world. Let me say that to you today. I cannot be laboring in the world eh? the way I do. Because I will show you very soon so that you know I do. And, and then you are using the word and it's producing. And I'm still praying out to change bomb for you. No, it's a cost. It is. It is. I should give myself continually to the ministry of prayer and the word. I can't be thinking how to change speakers. I can't be thinking again how to buy um, a microphone or battery. Let me give you the last one on that. 1 Timothy 5, 17 and 18. For barely good time. Eh? And you know it's good for you. And you are buying it. Then also buy it for those who has blessed you spiritually. I'm not begging. No. I will never be, be, be begging for anything. Some people are practicing it. But for the fact that we don't preach it, doesn't mean that people are not going against the scripture. And you can't use... Government doesn't ask you for permission before they take your tax or tithe. It's more than tithe. Because in some places, in England, they, they do 40%. And what is God asking you to do? Systematic giving, 10. 
Have you taken British government to court? Say, let the elders who rule well be counted worthy of what? One translation says, let them be paid double salaries. I'm not asking for it. And he's the chairman of our trustees here. He always wants me to hand high money. I said, no. If I'm handing this money, we will not change bomb. Bomb for church. We will not buy drum. This drum, eh, that means says this, in all honesty. A lot of people don't believe. This drum, we've used it for close to 10 years. When it was bought, it was 350,000 naira. I would rather buy something like that for this church rather than buy something of lower quality and we've been changing drum every year in the last 10 years. Do you understand me, brothers and sisters? I'm not raising money this money. No, that's not why I'm preaching this. I'm telling you the New Testament behavior. So, he said, especially those who labor in the word and doctrine. If I'm not laboring in the word and doctrine, I'll be missing my scripture every day. I said, no, let's open to Isaiah. No, it's Exodus. <laughs> you will not mock an ox which tread out the grain. And the laborer is worthy. Is worthy. You see, the way God has done it, and for people in ministry, it will surprise you. I go out to preach. Maybe they don't give me money. And that following week, somebody that I didn't preach for, I didn't labor for, Give me money. I can never be stranded in ministry. No. It's not that I have more. In fact, sometimes I don't have a thousand error. If you want to know. But I may move from that. Because that's not why I'm here. That's not my motive. So, but he says, you shall not mock to an ox. Which tread out. Do you know? Hmm? I don't know if you have met such pastors. Some pastors in ministry are frustrated. They lay cause from the pulpit. It's frustration. It's frustration. He said, all of you, you are looking at me. Everyone is looking at you. Are you? <laughs> ah! I think I, I've, given you, I've given you that instant before. A pastor friend went to preach for a pastor, another pastor, and he saw how the man was laboring and all that. So, when he preached, he just did like a five minutes exhortation. He says, well, I'm looking at this place. I mean, we need to do something different. Let's encourage our pastor and all that. And the man just spoke, and people gave. So when they got back into the office, the pastor said, ah, I don't understand it. He said, you just read my heart. And I think they counted what people gave. And it, was, it wasn't a promissory note. So when it was counted, the pastor was really, really encouraged. But the next day, he came back in the second day of the program. He said, eh, so all of you have this money. Kodao. <laughs> it's not good. It's not good. And I will be just a guest speaker came here. And you guess. Don't be stingy. And they said, the man, a friend of mine who preached for him, just said that he encouraged him. What you said, you are shouting on the people. Just relax. 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 You are not the owner of the job. If Bob is not changed, it's less of my concern, no. 
Honestly. The same way you are giving, I'm also giving. So that, that's the thing. <coughs> the same way. Because if I'm not giving, I'll be poor too. I'll be a poor pastor. I'll be poor in my mind. I'll be poor in my approach to things. I don't hold anything back around here. If I can't use that bathroom, nobody should use it here. Praise God. I said, praise the Lord. So give me a full minute. Give me. So uh, we are on number what? Four. So we are going to five. Believers should practice systematic giving, motivated by love and forgiveness. Can you, did you hear what I said? Systematic giving, motivated by love and forgiveness. Don't just give. God is not, is not give, putting you under compulsion. So, biblical prosperity, the Bible highlighted it. In 2 Corinthians 9, the whole of 2 Corinthians, if you read it, but emphasis on verse 7. It says, God loves a cheerful giver. One translation says, he loves an hilarious giver. God loves it. When you are given out of love and forgiveness. In Luke chapter 6, verses 37 and 38. Luke chapter 6. Verses 37 and 38. We call 38 a lot. But see, this is the starting point to your giving. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Verse 38 now says, give. We must learn to read scripture in contest. So, our giving must be systematic. And what has God highlighted? So, God has highlighted to us tithe, offering. Let me say something to you because we don't teach it. That doesn't mean if God inspires it in your heart to do first fruit. In case you don't know, some people do it in this church. They practice it. What am I saying? For the New Testament, it's not just that 10%. Everything we have belongs to God. That's the point. That's the point. So, to be fighting you over tight is elementary. That's why I can't fight you over it for you. <laughs> to threaten you that if you don't pay, God will curse you. God won't curse you, but it is better you learn this biblical economic principle. If you don't give tight, for example, to Jesus come, his work anywhere you find it will be funded. I know you have put us pastors under pressure. Say, how many robbers are here this morning? Because the Bible says in Malachi, hey, you have robbed me. No, there's no need. What? There is grace that comes from your heart. That should come from your heart to give. And God has put this principle there. Is it New Testament? Is it oh, old or new? Is it gross or net? If God decides to give you gross breath here or net hair, you will understand it. You will understand it better. But he doesn't do that. He doesn't. So all those things are, let your giving be motivated by love and forgiveness. First Corinthians 13.3 talks about it. 
if you even give all your goods and cause your body to be burned and you have no love, you are just making noise. This, let's practice, is a discipline. We can exercise giving grace. Also, I need to add that. In the midst of challenges, you can exercise it, giving grace. In the midst of, I mean, you, you just, I do it. What I So you just, what do I have? And I give it. What do I have? And I give it. I give it. There was a time we were using tube TV. I'm sure that if I had held on to tube TV, you know what they are using now? If that is what I have. And the, that response is between you and the one who owns all. Doesn't hold. Please, I will say this to you, not just here. If there is, if there is anywhere you are hearing about worldly kingdom causes, there is grace on it. You can tap into that grace. That's the way things work. Don't accept yourself. Wait, I will come and give. No. No. If you have the privilege, do. 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 Number six, Paul taught the law of sowing and reaping. Paul taught it. So we are talking about the epistle. Paul taught it. In Jeremiah, in, no, in Genesis 8, 22, that's where it was established. God established it. As long as this heart remains, the seed, the time, and the harvest shall not cease. So, Paul also taught it. In 2 Corinthians 9, 6 to 8. In Galatians 6, that's what I want us to read. Verses 7 and 9. Say, Galatians 6, 7 and 9. Say, do not be deceived. God is no more. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit Reap eternal life. I don't want to go into theological arguments. Some people are saying, oh, he's not talking about money. He's talking about kindness. He's talking about whichever one. Just sow. There is a law of sowing and reaping. Whether you sow money or you sow kindness or you sow joy, there is a law of sowing and reaping. Um, please understand in the New Testament, Paul actually sought people's hearts. And that's why he said, it's not by compulsion. He sought their heart. He sought their wellness, not their money. Paul was also eager to give to the poor. Galatians 2, 9 to 10. 6, 10. Also, Galatians 6, 10. And then Paul also encouraged Christian charity. 1 John 3, verses 16 to 18. Paul sought people's heart, their wellness, their welfare. Paul was eager to give to the poor. I'm just saying all this so that we can practice the word. I won't ask you to do something I'm not doing, Steph. I won't. I won't. I'm also, I'm also practicing the word and I'm getting the results that the Bible says I should get. So I'm not withholding that word. I'm not saying something. I'm not preaching philosophy to you. I'm preaching my life as it were. So Paul sought people's hearts, their wellness, their welfare. Paul was eager to give to the poor. Galatians 2, 9 and 10. Galatians 6, 10. Paul encouraged Christian charity. 
1 John 3, verses 16 to 18. And lastly today, believers must take care of their families. You must, if you want to enjoy biblical economy, biblical prosperity, please take care. Titus 1.7. Let's read that. Titus 1.7. Titus 1.7. Titus 1.7. For a bishop must be blameless. Not the bishop that was bestowed on men as a steward of God, not self-willed, not quick-tempered, not giving to wine, not violent, not greedy for money. Not greedy. In 1 Timothy 5.8, that's a very popular one. Whoever will not provide, whoever will not provide, whoever will not provide, the reason why some people put limit on their prosperity is because of that attitude. If anyone does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his own household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. So, we must be responsible for our homes. We must not trust or love money than God and his life. What Paul advocated for is contentment, not covetousness. Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. And please understand, in this economy, exploitation is prohibited and condemned. Exploitation is prohibited. Exploitation. You know, sometimes people think when we don't do certain things, some of us, uh, we are not anointed as those who do them. There is no Jerusalem oil that can save you or water. Or this is sand from Jordan. You just put it around your office, customers will come. Oh, all those things. Yeah. I close my eyes and say, I see firstborn. Why must you be seeing that people will die every time? And the next thing is that do you see, so a seed to avert death. Please, exploitation. If you read James 5.1, it talks about it. Exploitation. If you want to prosper biblically, exploitation is prohibited. It's condemned. It's condemned. We don't trade the anointing. We don't. We don't. We don't. If you want the contact line to the prophet, the direct line to the prophet, no. No, no. If you, um, if you want to have dinner with a prophet, he starts $5,000 each. Because some of us don't do that. And then because people see crowd in all those places, but you, the fact that you see crowd sometimes doesn't translate that God is there. I'm not saying that I like crowd, but I'm just also saying that to you. I'm saying that to you. And for the fact that we don't profile, doesn't mean God is not here. So exploitation is prohibited. The day I asked you to bring money for me to pray for you or money to pay for anchorship, please find your level. <laughs> don't come back next Sunday. The day I call you and say, uh, you must come into the inner chambers for new revelation. 
or you pay for. I mean, these are things people do. And because man is supernatural, our heart is easily drawn towards it. People can line up. You are lining up, but you have paid me 100000 each. I can give you personal words. But those personal words sometimes can be out of the depth of sorcery. Let's stand. I know they will take me up. I've overshot my time. I know. But can we just ask the Lord in the next few minutes? Let's just pray. This message is brought to you by Lighthouse Christian Outreach Center. The Lighthouse, House 7, Plot 2, Slash 3, Kudratabiola Way, Oregon, Ikeja, Lagos. For inquiries, please log on to www.lighthousenge.org for more.